Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral, and as always, we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown, so come find us. Yes, video store still exists. Cinema Gems is portable now. And of course, as always, is the illustrious but Maestro himself. How's it going, buddy? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We are once again in Butt Maestro Studio Annex, uh, and we're in the middle of Jamie Lee Curtis month. Week three! We hinted about it last week. We have special guests yes. this week. Our good friend from Swapper Jacks, Delwood Blues. How you doing, man? How you guys doing? Thank you for inviting me to this uh, humble, your humble abode. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the face, like, is, the face is a little weird, though. I, I, like, <laughs> I like the sex dungeon. You yeah. know. I, I promise everyone he sounds better, so much better without the the Michael Myers mask. Yes. Uh, I actually look better with the mask, though. A lot less terrifying, mm. I will say. For sure. You've never seen me naked. <laughs> okay. <Let's, laughs> I, I'd like to keep it that way. I've been here for like three years now. Let's let's go ahead and keep it that way. Um. So, um, as as I was coming up with the idea for for Jamie Lee Curtis month, yeah, I was talking to Delwood Blues at work on a break, and I mentioned to him in passing because he's one of our resident yeah. horror movie experts, and he just looks right at me and goes, "You want to do the fog?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you want to come on?" And he's just like, "Wait." What? I was like, you you walked yourself into that one, buddy. Like, you gonna say you want to do the fog? Let's do the fog. We're doing the fog. So, uh, I think that you actually probably saw this movie in theaters when it came out in 1979. Yeah, uh, it came out in 19 February 1st, 1980. I think I saw it around yeah. at that something around that point. Yeah. Okay. That, that Way, too exactly <laughs> Way too young. Exactly. Way too young. Uh, so, would you say this is a John Carpenter underrated movie? Um, I think it's probably, it's not really, I wouldn't say underrated, um, it's kind of around, around the middle of the road for him. Okay. Well, before we give any major verdicts to the movie, uh, first off, <clears throat> hi everyone, welcome back, we're another podcast that mostly talks about movies and sometimes other things like TV shows and video games. Sorry, I didn't get that out of the way before. Before we go into any kind of verdicts or anything, let's get into the plot of this movie. Of the fog, uh, of John Carpenter's the fog, the fog? Uh, starts out in a little Northern California town, Antonio Bay. Is this a real place? No, it's fictitious. No, no? okay, yeah. cool. Just making sure. I was too lazy to Google it. So, as I was so there's this an old night. sea captain telling a ghost story. Yeah. On four twenty. I don't know if you caught that. I did. I did catch that. Uh, yeah. And so Hitler's you know, birthday? Huh? Hitler's birthday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when they were, so when they were, you know, discussing the thing. Um, I've watched this movie at least once or twice, and I thought it was okay. And after talking to Delwood Blues about it, and him basically telling me that it is, it is an old campfire ghost story, Yeah. my brain was like, that's why I like it now. Yeah. It's because the way you described it to me, and I watched it with that viewpoint, and I feel like every time I watch it, it gets better. It's his simplicity. It's mm-hmm. basically it's like EC Comics, or based yeah. on that. The idea, I guess, stemmed from John Carpenter and then girlfriend Deborah Hill was producers on Halloween. Mm-hmm. They went to uh, a press junket in, I guess, England with Stonehenge, 
and they were at Stonehenge, and it was a foggy day, and uh, I believe John Carpenter said to Deborah Hill, what if there was something in the fog? So they kind of lumped that together with an actual event, I guess, that occurred off the California coast where a clipper ship was uh, was right. hit the yeah. rocks, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so they kind of, you know, fused these all together with, like I said, with the EC comic inspiration, and this is what they came up with, you know, and it was after he did Halloween, but the movie didn't really do that good because people were expecting John Carpenter to do another slasher. Right. And you're coming. This is coming out in 1980. You have all this. The slasher genre now is coming into full effect from after Halloween success. So everyone's mentality is this is based on that type of you know uh, picture, but it wasn't. Like I said, it was just an old-fashioned ghost story. Yeah. And after that, he did the thing, and that also didn't do well either. Yeah, that was bad timing. And then after that, he just did Christine, and everybody loves that one. Yeah, I'm. I don't. Well, not to jump subjects, but the thing has gotten over the years. It's gotten. Uh, it's acclaim has come around. Mm-hmm. Like it was panned because it came out the same time E.T. did. Yeah. And everybody wanted the happy, fuzzy, sweet alien, and not this. Fuzzy. Not you know. I was talking about the thing. <laughs> what you know, especially with the, the huskies. But uh, oh, Jesus. you know, it, that's don't watch that scene drunk with two dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know certain people have huskies. I'm like, don't watch this movie ever. No, just don't ever. But anyway, it's yeah. It's traumatize you. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, it was just bad timing. But the the thing about this movie is it was a, a commercial success. You know, it made, it, it made its money back and then some. John Carpenter's not really too fond of it. It's not what he thinks one of his best movies. Is it because of the fallout from it? Or just him working on it? He just wasn't satisfied with it. He felt like it, he went. Actually, one third of the movie was reshot because they just didn't think there was enough scares. Was that the end? And I guess different parts of the ending. Mister Macon scene in the beginning of the movie where he's having the campfire tale to the Boy Scouts about like you know the Elizabeth that, that Dane. That was tacked on at the end of production. Yeah, but I love that part. That's like yeah, I mean, great. what it's a, a great, great setup. A great setup. Perfect ambiances. The camera tilts up. Onto the you know the coastline and you see John Carpenter's fog you know and the the backlit of the uh, the Pacific Ocean is be- it's awesome and you know the setup with the cars and have all the, the town kind of go running amok because Blake and the uh, now most people think they're pirates they're not pirates they're lepers it's a leper colony that wanted to to inhabit Antonio Bay so and they stole their gold well yeah what they did is they built a, they built a fire to lure Blake and his crew to shore. But the, the the camp, but it was a rocky shore, and the boat sank. I mean, the clipper ship sank, and all Blake and his crew died. They harvested the gold and made the town. And now, the, there's a death curse. Yeah, and six years, six months pay. Yeah. I will say, watching this movie for the first time last night, I was not expecting, and I kept wanting to say zombie pirates, but you're absolutely right, zombie pirate lepers. Um, it's, I I had fun. I'm not gonna lie. I had fun with this movie. I really did. So basically, uh, after they're done doing the ghost story, uh, we get to meet all of our collective crew, I guess. Yeah. Ensemble cast. Our Mm -hmm. our ensemble cast of Tom Atkins. Tom Miller Life Atkins. Mm -hmm. Miller time. Picks up Jamie Lee Curtis off the side of the road. Yeah, and then yep. they go back to their and, house and fuck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, it, it, was, never the, it was the eighties. It was the seventies. 
Yeah, it was different. And he got, got a beer in his hand while driving what, down Tom, the highway. Tom Atkins without the mustache, too. I know, it's weird. It's weird. It's. Did you notice his name's called Nick Castle? Yes, because of the Nick, shape. Nick Castle was a friend of John, of John Carpenter's. He played The Shape in Halloween for $25 a day and was a producer on um, a couple of movies. Was he Halloween 2? No, he had no involvement. He did The Last Starfighter, director of that. Um, we, we reviewed that a couple years ago. That's Tom, Nick Castle. This, this Tom Atkins? No, 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 no. Nick, Nick, Nick Castle. Nick Castle. Okay. Nick Castle. The guy who played Shows The Shape. The Shape. He okay, plays, yeah. yeah. He played The Shape in Real Homie. He's the, the, um, he also co-wrote Hook. Yeah. Which I... I One of my favorite movies I can't stand time. that movie. <laughs> oh I tried. God. It trudged. That's fine. But anyway, back to plot. Two uh, very different people, but that's so, okay. So basically... Um, we meet all these people when we see that there's a fog that happens at midnight, um, and it takes seed of one of the boats, the trawlers, out, um, mm-hmm. and it kills three people. And Tom Atkins' friend was on that boat. Yep. And no matter how much he got drunk, he would always come home. Yep. Yeah. And the fact is that he's like, I've been shit-faced drunk, and he's still been able to come home. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's not home, so they take they he goes and sees a friend of his that takes him out. I'm sorry, are we not going to talk about how Jamie Lee Curtis's character just, without questioning anything, just follows him through all of this crazy shit, random fogs, finding a corpse on a boat, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm still going to chill with you." And it this like fall fun. on her, literally corpse falling on her, and she's still like, "Yeah, I'm still along for the ride. Let's a, go." I mean, it just was a different time. I mean, now it's like. People with all these dating apps, they can't even get people to freaking show up for a lunch. He picks her up on the road. Yeah, she would have she ghosted would have him. Through Twitter. She would have ghosted him, you know? She, she would have ghosted him, and then her like, entire Twitter he following would by himself. would know. Yeah, she's like, you know, if she bangs him the first night, they're falling on this, like, ghost story, you know? Just or following him along. Twist, he would have ghosted her, but in a different... Sorry, if that's more uh, relevant to something else that's way darker. Um... About a van, if you didn't catch on. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> after that, um, they basically, you know, go to the morgue, and we this corpse becomes reanimated because he's talking, Nick, uh, Tom Atkins is talking to the... Uh, Mortician. Mortician. Who's played by, have you ever seen the movie uh, Salt on Precinct 13th? Uh, I... Have seen bits and pieces about the... He plays Napoleon, uh, Napoleon Wilson, the guy in the movie, he kept going, hey... Got to smoke. Oh, that's yeah. him. That's him. Oh, okay. Yeah. John Carpenter likes to use a lot of actors in different movies. Same movie. Like, a lot of the same like actors in different movies. Like, um, Charles Cipher, whose name is Dan O'Bannon. Did you pick up on that? <laughs> His name, the, the Weatherman? Mm-hmm. His name oh. is Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon and John Carpenter worked on Dark Star together. Oh, Had Dark a falling Star. out. John Carpenter went on to do Halloween. Dan O'Bannon wrote a little movie you might have heard of called Alien. Yeah. Ron Shushet. Is that the one with the... F- uh, or Star Beast. Is that the one with the bouncing ball alien? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It, it was kind of like basically a light version of Alien yep. until they went back and retold it and had face raping and uh, eight-foot xenomorph that would, you know, <laughs> the nightmare fuel. Burst out of your chest. Yeah, as opposed to a beach ball that, you know, chasing you around. Because it would just bounce. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, f- I feel like a beach ball bouncing around in the right lighting with like fog and shit oh, yeah. would still be terrifying. Uh, it depends. If it, it depends. Um, <laughs> and also, we forgot to mention John Carpenter's cameo in this movie. 
Bennett Trammer. When he is he is uh, the father's assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like love the janitor. Yeah, and I love when he goes, "Oh, uh, come come back around six. Father, can I get paid? <laughs> uh, come back tomorrow." <laughs> was that was that was that John Carpenter's response to the? To John the Carpenter thinks he's a horrible actor. Yeah, basically. Well, also, <laughs> Bennett Tramer. If you watch Halloween two, Ben Tramer is the one who gets hit by. They think is Michael Myers and gets hit by the car. Mm-hmm. And the one that Lori Lori Strode talks about in the original Halloween, how she wants to be asked out by Bennett Tramer. Oh. So John Carpenter likes to use a lot of not only in the same cast. Same he likes name. to use like to use names that are inspired by people he knew. So he kind of you know he's kind of a homegrown type person. I think that's why I feel like John Carpenter's underrated. Oh, I mean, he's his first half of his career is amazing. The second half I is would, just like I will very much agree with that. I mean, when where does where does it end? Is it where does the goodness end? Is it Big Trouble in <coughs> China? Oh. Uh, I or is it Escape from New York? Is I, no, I escape. No, Escape from New York is really good. I, I think I tend to think it's the late late eighties. I think after Prince of Darkness, you have Memoirs of an Invisible Man. That was just he was a it was a hot gun for hire. So not into the Mouth of Madness. See, I not to get into a different movie now, but I I just could not get into Mouth of, into the Mouth of Madness. I just I. Maybe it's one of those movies that people who saw it at the right age got into it. Uh, for me, it just never gelled. Um, Sam Neill went crazy and thinks he's basically Stephen King. It, well, it's cool. actually it's actually kind of a smear. Yeah, right. Which I wonder if there's something to do with Court Christine because you know, right. Miss, uh, Stephen King's very critical of his like The Shining. So I don't know what his opinion of uh, John Carpenter's interpretation of Christine is. Yeah, because I feel like the movie did a better job. Okay. Than what the book laid out at the end. Oh, okay. Christine. Yes. Well, yeah, because it kind of just you cut all the all the fat out. Exactly. It's kind of like Jaws, where you cut all the, the stupid subplots. Oh, out you mean the one where, where he's sleeping with Sheriff's wife? Yeah, Hooper's sleeping with Brody's wife and the Mary's okay. makeup. We're talking about yeah, John Carpenter's. Oh, oh, yeah. We're done. <laughs> Do you guys usually go off in these different tangents? Yes, or we do. Okay, good. Oh, 100%. I don't want to just. Everybody has to take have to to take a water shot. Oh, don't. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have a drinking game with our uh, audience. The Cinemaniacs. Oh, really? That uh, how many of them are still alive after? Uh... Well, it's a water, water drinking game. Water intoxication. It, well, water or whatever you want. Okay. But I mean, like, or you know, alcohol water. abuse. If you're, if you're if you're listening to this at work, water. If you're yeah. driving, driving water. alcohol. It, Tom Atkins, Miller High Life. Yeah, there you go, Miller Life. Cinema Gems does not condone drinking while driving. I do. Whoa, all right, Dad would lose himself. No affiliation. Whatever gets you through the day. Um, so, uh, after you know, we get the really weird, studded acting from John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Would you say it was? It was strange? that was weird, and I I'm glad there wasn't more of that. It was just a two second. Thing. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, that's John Carpenter. Okay. Wait. I was worried that was going to be the whole movie, and then relieved when it wasn't. Did you like the music? No, what? because it was also composed by John Carpenter. Well, you don't like John Carpenter music? No, the, no, I don't like having my eardrums pierced by one very. Okay, oh. okay. All I gotta say is one thing. I gotta say something. God, that I was hurt. watching this with Chef Miyagi, and he has hearing aids in. He went to the alarm on the front door because he thought it was going off. I had to turn it down. I thought you were about to say he just turned off his hearing. You, you can't you can't play any um, any music if you want to on your phone. Just like no, I'm not playing any oh. music. No, I'm I'm actually looking something up because I want to. Sh- 
I want to... Um, because we don't have any copyright. Oh, I understand. So, so we also don't make money so, from this show. So, so after Independent Train released, a brick falls out, and they find the journal. Yes. Rick's yes. journal. Of his grandfather or great-grandfather? I think it's his great-great-grandfather or something like to yeah. the name. But here's the funny thing. Have you ever looked and see what the book says? No. So in the book, Father Marlene's the book, it says... Uh, my college education to work writing dumb shit in this fucking movie prop. It's time to bring in the nude girls with big tits, <laughs> tattoos, and shaved beavers. <laughs> That's what the book says. What? <laughs> so if you pause the movie in high definition, you're not going to see something about Blake and, you know, those are Dane and, and Antonio Lepers. Bay. You're going to see something about somebody who wasted their college education writing in this stupid prop book. <laughs> what? Anyway, I figured I, I I had to highlight that. That's hilarious. Why were we just talking earlier about careers where you have to stop at least three times a day and go, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I mean, so, but you're working on a John Carpenter movie and this is like, you're bitching about it? Like, Jesus. Yeah. Most people would like just die for that. Be incredibly But anyway, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to diverge. To be fair, but I'm pretty sure they didn't know then that we'd still be talking about this movie now. Well, also, we didn't know then we'd have this on home format where you could sit there and pause every little thing and just right. dissect every little angle. <laughs> I mean, you saw it once in the theater. You might have saw it on TV. You might have saw it back in the theater. And, and if you saw it on TV, you probably saw an edited version. Yeah. And panned and scanned where it was all mutilated. and Yeah. So anyway, please. It's okay. I mean, steer us back. No, I love having you on gotcha, the show so gotcha. far because you're including a whole bunch of amazing tidbits that neither of us researched, oh. clearly. Uh, so after, so after that, um, he starts reading the journal as mm-hmm. in the, we're yeah. the broke college student. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the fog dissipates after it's killed three people. Uh, uh-huh. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, is affected by, not affected, uh, the reanimated corpse of one of the people on the ship just scratches a three. Yes. And we keep hearing the father say the, the debt must be paid six Six, Six must die. Yeah. So we have. Can, can I rewind just a little bit to one of my favorite parts of this movie? Of when the, the crew on the ship, as the fog is approaching, the fucking grumpy captain. George just, Book Flowers. Yeah. Just grumbling, like, there's, there's no, no fog, fog bang. out there. So. There's no fog. You like the there. movie? You like the movie Back to the Future, right? Yes. Do you remember at the end when Marty it's, pulls back into the from 1950s yes. and there's the bum Crazy sleeping on? Crazy drunk drivers. Really? There you go, buddy. Wow. That's George Buck Flowers. Wait. Wow. That's that's Mayor Red? No. Red Thomas? No. Yeah, no, maybe. No. Might have been, I don't know. No, because the drunk yeah. on the It does thing. become the mayor in number three? No, that's the mayor from back in the day. Oh. It no. might have been. I never. No, it's the same actor. Okay. So, so maybe is it is. Mayor Red Thomas. Wow. Yep, that's the same guy, though. Yeah, if you go back, yeah, if you go back when Marty goes back to the 50s and you see... Mayor Red Thomas. Yeah. You can see the picture, and if you look at his face... It's the same face. It's the same fucking actor. Yep, that's, yep. and he's in Fog and Back to the Future and a handful of other movies. But anyway. And we uh, made a drinking rule about bringing up Back to the Future, because we might as well at this point. <laughs> it happens every time. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Dean Cundy, who was the cinematographer in this movie, worked on Back to the Future. So there you go. You can check another drink for that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, after that, uh, we're get, everybody's getting, getting ready for the 100th birthday of Antonio Bay, mm-hmm. which maybe it's being from New Orleans or maybe it's being from the upper part echelons of 
the New England area, I'm like, 100 years? Well, that's it? It's a celebration, though. 100 years is, you know... No, I know, but it's like... That's still it. a decent birthday. I mean, that's, yeah. But New Orleans just came from 300, so I guess that's why I'm just like... Europe has that's, thousands. That's nice for you. Then Europe looks at us and goes, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> you teenage. Yeah. 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 But also, the woman organizing it, who's that woman? Isn't she that, from uh, Halloween? No, that's... Uh, well, Janet the Lee. assistant is. Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. That is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. That's Jenny Lee, Marion okay. Crane from The Psycho. That's, that's who. Oh, wow. That's who I thought she was. They wanted to work in a movie together after the successful Halloween, and and this was the project that they her, got her together mom, in. Her mom, the original Scream Girl. Yep, and she got to see her daughter get banged by Tom Atkins. Huh? I wonder proud. how that conversation. I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe who knows what the trailer talk was like. <laughs> um, so yes, and and her assistant is paid by uh, Nancy Loomis or Nancy uh, Keynes, who was actually married to Tommy Lee Wallace, the designer, the set art director of Halloween. Okay. And one of John Carpenter's friends. He, I don't know his role in this capacity. This movie was, but Tommy Lee Wallace. Um, yeah, who also uh, made the the Michael Myers shape mask. Oh, you mean the went and bought it for like a yep, dollar? That's, yep, that's Tommy Lee Wallace. The William Shatner mask. They were married. Which. A lot of people don't believe that that's true. That's true. It's I'm gonna go ahead and just like minimize my laptop. No, no, please. <laughs> I don't even need to have the IMDb no, page please, up no. because our guest is just. I have no life. Right folks. off the head. <laughs> right off, like how is that because the Blues Brothers forgot about you? I guess. Yeah, they went on the tour and forgot. They didn't about even me. invite you yeah. for the 2000 no, anniversary. No, he's just doing the you know House of oh Blues. Oh my god. Um, and, and, so. So after that, uh, we get the nice birthday, and then they talk about everything about what they're gonna do. And I love that they that the mayor is no, the father's missing, the priest is missing because he's drunk. Yeah. So the, I love how they give the speech, and they go, "Okay, single file, walk past." The... Yeah, there's only five people yeah, there. I'm like, wait, <laughs> no running. File. Everyone gets everyone gets a chance to touch the cute statue. We forgot though. We forgot about somebody. Who do we forget about? Stevie Wayne. Yeah, the radio Steve. host. Adrian, oh! Adrian Barbeau, Mrs. Okay. John Carpenter at the time. That was? Yeah, so funny thing about this was, was um, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were an item when making Halloween. And then John Carpenter did a little piece called uh, Someone is Watching Me or something. On It, it came out after Halloween. It was a TV, made for TV movie. He met Adrian Barbeau, fell madly in love with her, broke up with Deborah Hill. Okay. They got married, and a lot of people on the set were kind of conflicted because they really really enjoyed Deborah Hill a lot and had a lot of respect for her. I mean, she's one of the, you know, forerunners and women producers and just a very talented woman. And so a lot of people felt, you know, kind of conflicted because it's, and they liked Adrian Barbeau, but, you know, they could see the, unfortunately, you know, how Deborah Hill was kind of, you know, upset about this. But, you know, still professional. She, She went on to... Bigger and better things, and you know, of course, her legacy was Halloween, so she's cemented forever as you know, a, a, a pioneer in women in films, especially producer. But uh, yeah, Adrian Barbeau, who I like in this movie, but we'll get into it later on in the movie where I have a problem. But anyway, what problem do you have with her? Well, when all this the shit's going down, and she's at the lighthouse, and her kid is home with Mrs. Blankenship. And she's not like leaving to go save her kid. She's like, I can't leave, Andy. Well, it's like, can Your someone fucking go? Kid. Can someone go rescue my kid? I'm still at the radio station. She's you know? giving out her home address yeah. on public radio. Yeah. 
Don't yeah, come no, to that me. bothered me a little bit too. Oh, and okay. also, also, I love how crazy. I love how the, the the nanny just gets taken by the fog. Well, there was the one. You know, there's mm-hmm. another one to that. To yeah, Mrs. Blankenship. Poor Mrs. Blankenship. Which I love that scene. That's a great scene. Oh, the one where it's just billowing the, 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 on that little platformed house. That apparently that was also another thing. That was a house that John Carpenter and them stayed at oh, apparently really? at a, um, for a while. So that's why it was used. It's now owned by somebody else, I believe, but. So, remember last week when we were talking about uh, True Lies and we were talking about James Cameron and how his directing style is, oh, I got a cool new toy. Let me make a movie centered around this cool new toy. Okay. I have a similar theory now now about John Carpenter, but he's much more easily impressed with different things. So, I'm pretty sure someone just gave him a top-of-the-line fog machine and he was like, ooh, I'm going to make a whole movie with this. And fog machine with uh, so it was probably just behind. It was probably. It was probably. It was probably. Well, they had a fog machine, but also yeah. some of the shots you see are reverse shots mm-hmm. because they had to film it backwards because the fog would act a certain way. Yeah, that you can't. And they and they you know had fans, of course. You can see actually see on um, you on YouTube. And there's certain videos where you can watch where they have it before you know it was uh, processed for a movie, and you can hear the fans going and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it was. So was it any actual real fog? Or? I mean, it's actual fog that they produced. It wasn't like. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, they, I didn't they know they it was naturally wait. created. They didn't wait for the exact perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! We've been it's <laughs> damn like, it. It's worse than the production of Jaws waiting for the shark to work. Like God damn, I think we months. got like three hour fog bank coming next week, next month. So. Uh, when so when so as, uh, the nanny gets taken. Um, after that, I believe, uh, so it's the three men on the, the three men on the boat, it's the nanny. And, um, Dan O'Bannon. The, the, the weatherman. Oh, so it is, oh, sorry, the, the weatherman. Weather I love that he's in love with the person on the radio and never met her. Sometimes you just fall in love with a voice. And that's actually reminded me of a, of an episode of Taxi. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when, um. What's his name? Uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad. And oh, Judd Hirsch? Judd Hirsch fell in love with... Uh, Christopher Lloyd? No. Oh, okay. Uh, fell in love Danny with Vito. Bobby's voice attendant and then met her and she wasn't the most beautiful girl, but he still was like, I want to hang out with you. You know, I want to get to know you. So it kind of remem- made me remember about that. Well, you worked in radio, the theater of the mind. Yeah. How many times did you before when you would hear somebody on radio... Oh, it's they and, look nothing. And yeah, like, and most of the time they have yeah. what's called a face for radio. Yeah, they have this beautiful, hey. eloquent, like you know, like just <laughs> dialect and just you know this baritone voice, and then you see them like, oh my god, it looks like that beat with ugly stick. Yeah, see, that's why I say me and you have a voice for radio mm-hmm. because we look okay. I mean, it's debatable. We... I mean, oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. Okay. They're both eloquently handsome young men. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yep. No, I'll take that. I am one hundred percent okay with that. Real, real quick, uh, that honk you just heard from my phone was uh, Glados giving me the surveillance report around the annex and telling me that if we hear any kind of noises from outside, there's some very rude maintenance men. Oh, I heard them earlier. Replacing siding that was taken off by the hurricane a month ago. Wait, it's, so it's over were, a month ago. Oh, I know. Was that know. when one of them fell off the roof just a minute ago? I heard yeah. screaming. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I we're recording. Him. We could have called the cop, you know, called an ambulance. But hey, him. he's okay. Uh, I confirm it was not our guest, Elwood Blues. That no, was I don't. For that. No, I don't. I don't have a compound fracture like that poor son of a bitch. <laughs> you all right, buddy? 
<laughs> yeah. Just push um, it back in. You'll be fine. It's okay. Tourniquet. It's yeah, got it. You exactly. Got it. Um, so when... So when this is happening, it's such a simple plot that the movie doesn't linger. It's an hour and 29 minutes, I believe. It was this pretty quick. Gets in, gets out. Yeah, it was actually even shorter. Oh, really? Yes, it was like about 80 minutes, and they had to add a little bit more. That's like I said, they had to add some fluffer to it because uh. they felt it was too short. But kind of, could have kind of, because they really don't really flesh anybody out, per right. se. You know, they're we, there to serve a purpose. And then, and, 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 yeah, either they die or they or yeah, or they go they you know run to the church and then you know we're all crap all the crap hits the fan and then you know, but it's yeah it's a very so would you like aid- to talk about the church scene the ending sure, um so when you talked about I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off when no, you talked you're good. about uh, reshots did they think that when they first did the ending and the father gave them the gold I think the reshots were more of the lighthouse with St- when they're attacking Stevie Wayne yeah oh, okay. I think that was more of, of where the reshots were taken. Um, also, a, a had, lot of that does feel like fluffer, even though they are, I, I think, very well. You know, the the shots well are hidden. edited between the what's going on in the church and what's going on in her roof, and it's just like a very kind of uh, down to the wire. Like she's about to fucking die, and yeah. someone in this church if someone does, does something. something. Yeah, something. Yeah, she literally cannot go anywhere. No, mm-hmm. she's stuck. That's it. Yeah. Which I mean. The 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 area of the where they film it is such a character. I mean that lighthouse is so cool. It's just oh yeah, and that's an actual working lighthouse they still okay. have. You can actually visit. Well, you mostly times can visit. A lot of times you can't get down there now because there's so the wind is so strong there that they won't let you go down those stairs. Wow. But you can actually go to the area and and visit it and on a nice clear, less than you know and more hospitable. A day you can go down there and visit, but a lot of times you can't because the wind is just so. It's, is it because it's so far out? Yeah, I mean it's it's, I mean and it, what a beautiful area, just just gorgeous. I mean, Northern California is beautiful. Yeah, better than where we're at. Yep. Hmm. No offense. <laughs> None taken. I'm born and raised here. You're fine. <laughs> but um, I completely agree with that, and I've been born and raised here. But the reshots were like and they had a lot of more of the the gore effect. Okay. You know, like when when Blake when the the ice pick or whatever it was on the the fisherman on the boat and stuff that was added afterwards because oh which by the way Patron when he had the hook she no. goes <laughs> but yeah I mean yeah that they added because once again in reference to Halloween too once when when the, after all these slasher movies started just amp upping the ante they felt like they had to up the ante too mm-hmm. you know so they had to add a little bit more. Because, I mean, if you watch the original Halloween, it's very tame. There's no yeah. blood. Even the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's hardly any blood or visceral, you know, viscera. It's just, it's just you know, shock value and, you know, suspense. But these movies, as like the Friday 13th became more and more gory and just, they had to up the ante and, and up, up the shock factor. And so that's why you had reshoots with Halloween 2 also, where they had to add more gore. Which actually... Um... Uh, one of the guys from Starfighter, the last Starfighter, yep, is in Halloween too. Well, clearly I have to watch it. Oh, maybe that could be in this month. Maybe. Which I always wonder if he maybe. met if he met the guy if Nick Castle met him on the set of Halloween too. Even though Nick Castle wasn't involved That's with Halloween too. That's what I'm too. assuming that he possibly met him. Might I mean. I mean, they ran into each other somewhere because it's like, oh, hey, uh, I'm in Halloween too. Oh, hey, I played the shape in the original Halloween. Oh, hey, I'm going to direct you in a movie. Yeah, hey, I'm not going to go write Dennis the Menace. I'm going to go direct Dennis the Menace then. <laughs> Wait, uh, 
Nick Castle. Castle. Oh, okay. I thought and, you meant. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Lance, Lance Gass went on to do uh, Jaws of Revenge. Yeah, which the was. Worst, the worst Jaws movie ever. Yeah. And on appearances on House, the TV show. He did? Yeah, he looked kind of. He was, Grizzled? Uh, it looked like he hadn't missed a couple of meals. Okay. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's older, you know, oh, okay. packed on some weight. Um, uh, so the church sequence, they basically all hide up except for the DJ. Uh-huh. Uh, she's up on the lighthouse trying to get away and, uh, everybody else is in the church as the fog keeps rolling in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the father's like, I'm going to give them what they want. And he literally goes and gives them the cross. That's made from the gold. That they... From- from Blake's ship. Right. So they give it back to him, and the fog dissipates. Yes. And then everything goes about, and then I love that the father's like, what about your sixth man? What well, not only that, but you have Steve Humane give that monologue about the, uh, watch the fog. The fog, you know, she's it, she's announcing the fog is leaving, but for the mariners and ships at sea, beware of the fog. And then it cuts back to the scene with Father and Marin, and I mean, excuse me, about Father Marin, geez, I'm thinking the exorcist. <laughs> Father um, Malone. Father Malone, you know, um, the late great um, guys, Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook, yeah, he just passed away uh, less than a year ago. Um, he, uh, there's still the question of who's the sixth. And then out of nowhere, whap! Comes out of the room, back, back room, after, you know, he's kind of just assessing what happened. And then you see, you hear that buzzing noise, you hear that buzzing, that kind of that that humming noise, and you see the fog, and then you see Blake and his crew, and you just hear that whack, and it fades to black. That's it. Gets in, gets out. This movie does a good job to basically, I guess I would call it a Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah, it's like Saturday, you know, a popcorn movie, you know, a good, especially in, in the month of October, you know, a good, a ghost story, you know? And uh, do you, do you, have you ever seen the 2005 remake? Oh God! Is that, um, so, uh, is that the one with Ryan Reynolds? Like I shouldn't. No, no, that's any of the horror you're thinking of. No, Ryan the the Fog remake is with what's his name? Tom Welling from oh, Smallville. Oh, Superman! It's uh, yeah. uh, Maggie Grace, I think, from yep. Lost. Yeah. Um, and Selma Blair. Now Selma Blair, my love. dear God. Yeah. She is horrid in this movie. Really? I mean, wow. you, 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 you couldn't. I mean, if someone stuck a broomstick up her ass to try to get her to do any, 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 any sense of uh, any charisma at all, I mean, she's just. I mean, they could have found a freaking store dump mannequin to be more wow charismatic than her. She's I, terrible. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's horrible. It is horrible. It was basically they John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. You know, who had a professional relationship after you know their 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 their, their their relationship ended. You know, they still were on speaking terms. Um, they would consult. They thought about making a remake, and it got to the point where basically Carpenter would come in, say hi everybody, <laughs> get his check, and leave. That's like he didn't care. He'd go home, get high, and play uh, Xbox. Deborah Hill was producer on it. Unfortunately, Deborah Hill passed away. I don't know if it was shortly before or after the movie came. It was finished, but it was shortly. It was not too long around that time that she she passed away in two thousand five of cancer. So, um, but yeah, it just it just became a carpenter was just like, listen, I don't care, just give me a check, fine. Because I mean, the movie's just it's just terrible. 
it's he, he did what he did to the father in this movie, the father. Basically, yeah. Can I have my money? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And he, got, <laughs> and he apparently got the money because that's all he. That's the only person benefited from this piece of crap. It's horrible. I mean, as much as I hate Rob Zombie's Halloween, I mean, at least there's some artistic integrity, and it was some artistic, you know, some artistic nuances with it. This movie was just it was just garbage. Okay. Don't don't waste your time. Okay. So we have a rating system here in Cinema Gems. A full gem, an amazing movie. Half gem, an alright movie. And no gem, a horrible movie. The Fog, 1979 slash 1980. Because I get two different viewpoints. Because the DVD says 1979. And yeah. Google and IMDb. Well, it's probably produced in 1979. It was released yeah. in 1980. Um, fine. 1980. I'll go ahead and re-scratch it out in this area over here. In the Just burn it. In the book. Um, I don't know how you wake up and steal it yourself. Sorry. I, I, I think our guest, I think Devil with Blue, should do the honors. What would you like to review The Fog, 1980? What was the high? I, 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 full Jim, an amazing movie? No. Nope. Full, uh, I say Full Jim. I mean, I have a sentimental uh, attachment to this movie. It's Like I said, it's, um, it's one of the first movies I remember seeing in a theater with uh, way too young of age. And I, you know, I have a, a fondness for it. So, I mean, it's one of my favorite go-tos around Halloween time. Um, so... It's not the first Carpenter movie I saw in the theater. That'd be Halloween at a way or even to an earlier age. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I really, I, you know, it's to me. But like I said, it's a biased opinion. Uh, uh, but my show, what do you give? Go, go ahead and give. Oh, your you want rating. me to go? Okay. Um, go ahead and I, give your rating because I'm gonna get a, a prop to demonstrate oh. what I think this movie is to me. Oh boy. Um, people, he's taking out a little tin can. And I think do you do want me to give my rating? With a tin can, okay. he's about it's, to roll. It's a whole gem, but it looks like this. It's, it's all frosty and filled with skulls. Okay. <laughs> so it's a foggy. It's, it's, it's a foggy? It's a whole foggy, like, metal death how, looking. How did I help you name your own shit, man? I was going <laughs> to say that it's a fog-filled gem. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with this, actually. I'm actually very surprised. Because you're, not you, a, you're not a horror fan, are you? I'm not a horror fan. I'm a big wimp when it comes to scary movies. I I hate jump scares. I love mm. movies that leave you doubting reality itself and have like you questioning uh, things in a smart way. This this wasn't even either of those. This was just it knew exactly what it was. And John Carpenter, coming from the thing, going from Halloween and everything, he knows how to make. A good movie that leaves you on the edge of your seat, that is filled with tension, and you always had to release that tension really well. Sometimes in kind of a fake-off way, but the tension does pay off in a real way eventually at some point, unlike a lot of modern horror movies. Um, yeah. Where it's and, just jump-scare, 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 and it's just cheap. Yeah, it's just cheap, and it, this... You don't care about like the that. people, you just, you, you go there just to see fodder. Even though we didn't learn much about the characters, you care enough about the characters that when they're in danger, you feel it too. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. Uh, yeah. And also, guys, I want to point out that we did have fun taking the photos. I did have on my gray tank top of Game of Thrones before the yeah, but my show. Yeah, I saw the Admiral come in uh, with his, I had to go get mine when I realized we have accidentally matching kind of Game of Thrones shirts. Oh, I was wondering what the correlation was because I never watched Game of Thrones. Oh, it was purely just him walking in with that shirt and me oh. going, did you... hang on, I have to change my shirt now. <laughs> Where did you two acquire this shirt? I acquired Target? this from Amazon. Target. Target. Wow. 
Never saw one. Same exact design. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's Different pretty, style of shirts, though. Pretty crazy, though. One's a baseball shirt and one's a tank top. Now, let me ask you real quick. You know, tan- well, same tangent, but off the tangent movie. Okay. So, um, did you enjoy with the show? I, I'm sure you followed it. The last season? The last God. episode? God, no. Because I remember coming into the undisclosed place where we work. And Swap I remember, decks. And I would remember mm-hmm. you every Monday Everyone morning. Everyone was upset. Everyone would just talk about this show and talk about the Dragon Show and talk about the Dragon <laughs> Show to the point of ad nauseum. And they play this song on it. And I was just like, what the hell am I listening to? And and people would just get stirred. I'm sorry, and I was part of that. Their nipples would get glass diamond piercing. And, and I'm just like, what? And it's like, oh, this is Game of Thrones. I'm like, I've never logged one minute of this show. And then there was a one, one Monday, one Monday. The Sunday before, everyone was so excited. The Dragon Show was coming to an end, and they couldn't wait. <coughs> and then, and then that Monday morning came, and it was really weird because it was a Monday morning. The Dragon, <laughs> the Dragon Show was the night before, and no one was talking. <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, everybody! Collectively, no one we just were what, like everyone wanted to what, pretend it didn't happen. What happened to your little Dragon Show? No one talk, and no one wanted to, to talk about it. It didn't happen. And at that because moment, ladies and gentlemen, I felt completely justified. I'm not, <laughs> I don't make lots of smart decisions in my life. But to never have logged one solitary minute with that goddamn show that people would just pontificate about all the damn time. And that one last episode just ruined it from all. And I just had a big smile on my face. And while they were all weeping for their dragon show and, what was it, four or five years they wasted? I just, no, it was like, more like ten. I was like, you know what? It's quite a while. I'm. I was. I, I felt good that day. <laughs> you I know, beat the little guy. I. You know, for all those times people are like you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. Like just this, like the stupid Tiger King show and the stupid with Squid Games, which I thought was I've like never watched. I legit, ha- I legit like, haven't I, watched Squid Games. Like, I don't think I'm going I, it to. It sounds like a seafood show I've, or I've I don't everything know. I need to know about it from other things on the internet. I'm yeah, I don't. Memes, I don't care. First of all, memes. if. If people see, yeah, exactly. So people start talking about in in an abundance about how I need to watch a show. I'm very skeptical because most people's tastes suck. That being said, if y'all want us to watch and review Squid Game, <laughs> not you, people listen you, to this show. No, you gotta earn no. it. No, you gotta not, earn I'm it. Not. We gotta have. We gotta have. Don't be on me on the episode because I want to be on the episode. I want to know what the hell to talk about. The only about. way no. we're ever gonna do Squid show. Game is if we get enough demand for it. So Wait, I got a if you really want Don't, us to, yeah, you you guys can do that. No, thank Wait, you. I got a question. What's that? What Unless there's money involved. Are you going to watch the prequel to the Dragon Show? Oh, Jesus Christ, you're working on a <laughs> yeah, prequel? Yeah, there's a prequel series yeah. coming out starring Matt Smith from Doctor Who. Yeah. It's all about the Targaryens. The, See, the this is, okay, let's, the let, me, let me get on to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am let's so goddamn sick and tired of, of prequels. Of prequels. Yeah. It's, I don't, why, do, why do I need to know? The, the one prequel I was like kind of interested in was like, oh, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see how Anakin Skywalker became Stark Vader. This is like, I this is amazing, you know, Growing up in that generation when Star Wars was a thing, a big, a, like, a, a monumental event, you know, it was like a, it was a, it was an event. You saw a Star Wars movie, it wasn't just yep. a movie, you, it was an event. Yeah. This okay. was, and so when they announced the prequels, it was like, oh my God, they're going to show us like how this kid becomes this evil, dastardly person. And I remember watching the first Star Wars prequel and I'm like, this looks like fucking C-SPAN in space. <laughs> I, I mean, this is more boring than me being in a strip club talking to strippers heard? about freaking fractional reserves, okay? 
I'm like watching this. And I'm going like, what the fuck am I watching? I, I was, and then in part two came out. I was just like, could they find like, they? I, I'm surprised they didn't shit. get Selma Blair to play so, it again because. Okay. Talk so, about as charismatic so, as styrofoam. So here's the thing: Have you ever heard Pat Oswalt's bit about mm-hmm. the prequels about, about Rock Saul? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like you like Darth Vader? Because he was a kid. Like his mom's gonna die, and, and his mom's gonna die. And he's gonna be really sad, and, you know. And, <laughs> hey, do you like do you like Boba Fett? Oh man, I freaking love Boba Fett. Well, you get to well, see him as a little, little kid. kid. His jacket's his head to cut off, and he's really sad. Hey, you, you like the Death Star? Oh man, I fucking love the Death Star. Well, hey, you can see, put the air conditioning in it and everything. That's fucking great. Now, so anyway, yeah, prequels. I, I, it's lazy. It's like there's certain things I like. There are ways they can be done right. But you already know what's gonna happen. I want to know what happens. Well, we, Unless it's an interesting story, like the Alien unless movies. Unless you are giving us more than what we were already given in the original movies. It's kind of... And that works out, though. Prometheus. Like, Prometheus. It didn't work out. It's like, wait a minute. So, LV-426, this is a fossilized ship. And now you're showing me this other ship, and it's not even on LV-426. You're saying that this mural is a mural of this xenomorph, but now you're telling me this android guy just designed the xenomorph. So, I don't Mm -hmm. even fucking understand what you're doing here. Like, this makes no sense. No, did you people really doesn't. Really, Scott, I know you're like 900 years old, but did you watch the original movie you directed back in the 70s? Because this has no, this is no bearing. It's, Prometheus it's, left me with more questions than I had right. going into it. Right. Yeah. And that's fine, but it's like, I and also like Alien the mystery. But out. I also like the mystery. I remember watching Alien as a kid and seeing that, the space jockey, like, what the hell is that? Like, you didn't know if it was organic, if it was mechanical, if it was into the chair, if it was fossilized. It was just like this bigger-than-life thing you never saw before. Did you see Alien in theaters? I saw Alien in theater. And that movie, yeah. You name it, I probably saw it. Way at way too young of age. Cheating Chong movies? Yep. Yep. Anyway, I didn't mean to digress, but I did I did okay. mean It's fine. Um, so, uh... I just want to thank Marty and the Eric and Zerber for letting Don't watch Game of Thrones, folks. <laughs> Marty the Air Conserver, thank you for letting us be on your website, lowrainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, we have a nice Hi, Kevin. sultry tune that was Ooh. added after Kevin's theme. Oh, post. Yeah. That was done by the illustrious Bud Maestro himself. I, Man, I we... recorded 13 layers of harmony for all of you. I, mean, I hope you're happy. Bud Maestro. I mean, we were seriously got to talk about this name. I mean, <laughs> Not me... my idea. It was I mean... totally the Admiral's idea. That's fun. I mean, yeah, but it's just... 100% um, his idea. Poor son of a bitch. But with one T. Yeah. Not two. But comma. Yeah, because that works well on audio. I know, you know? right? Exactly. But comma maestro. That's like, that being said, everyone, if you have any comments, criticisms, concerns, questions, recipes... Death you threats. You can eat that yeah. too. Uh, all your butt maestro hate mail, you can send <laughs> to uh, cinemagems15 at gmail.com. You can tweet them to cinemagems underscore pod. The Instagram handle is... Which you can see the very loveliest photos that we did today. Right. Cinema Gems Pop. Of me being Instagram. a total chicken with our guest in a Halloween mask. And me trying I to give him the movie. I mean, really, did you really have to wet your pants? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, all we have to say is thank you so much for tuning in. Jamie Lee Curtis Month is not over. We have two more weeks to go, and we have a surprise, and probably another one where you're like, okay. Don't worry, folks, it's not me. Yeah. 
That being said, I want to thank our, our amazing guest, Elwood Booth, for being You're on welcome. the show. Thank you. I am very, Holy crap. I'm graciously, thank you very much. I'm, I am honored and flattered. Sorry, sorry the other people we paid couldn't be here. That's I'm right. so glad I mean, we got to have you on because you put in so many little tidbits and fun uh, pieces of information that clearly neither of us had researched far enough into to well, find you, out about. You guys so, have better lives than me. I, <laughs> I, I Debatable. How many existential crises do you have a day? Let me tell you something. Well, okay. we're also a lot younger than you. Wow. <laughs> so we have. Wow. Had... You know what? This no, this this knife might be real, folks. So you might have yeah, new. You might I, have new host next that's, week. That's so we have. Not, that's why I had not yet brought up the fact that I wasn't born when this movie came out. That's so true. we so we haven't had as many as you have. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> uh, all I gotta say, guys, is thank you for listening. Also, wipe your hooves and see you later. But also, guys, Black Lives Always Matter. All I gotta say is. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye, y'all.